morning comes from the book of Acts. Acts, the 19th chapter. And I'll be reading verses 1 through 7. Acts, the 19th chapter. Reading verses 1 through 7. And I will be using the message translation this morning. Um, I liked this version because I like how plain spoken this message is here in the Message Bible. So here now, Acts 19, 1 through 7. Now it happened that while Apollos was away in Corinth, Paul made his way down through the mountains, came to Ephesus, and happened on some disciples there. The first thing he said was, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Did you take God into your mind only? Or did you also embrace Him with your heart? Did He get inside of you? We've never even heard of that. A Holy Spirit? God within us? How were you baptized then? Asked Paul. In John's baptism. That explains it, said Paul. John preached a baptism of radical life change so that people would be ready to receive the one coming after him who turned out to be Jesus. If you've been baptized in John's baptism, you're ready now for the real thing, for Jesus. And they were. As soon as they heard of it, they were baptized in the name of the Master Jesus. Paul put his hands on their heads, and the Holy Spirit entered them. From that moment on, they were praising God in tongues and talking about God's actions. Altogether, there were 12 people there that day. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading and hearing of God's word. Let us pray. Almighty God, we thank you for this message from the book of Acts, Lord. And as we remember our own baptisms, Lord, let these words speak to our hearts. And Father God, if we professed faith in Jesus Christ only with our heads and not our total hearts, Lord, forgive us and ready us to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. One of my very favorite movies of all times was entitled, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? I know many of you remember that movie. Um, this movie tells the very colorful story of three kind of dim-witted persons uh, prisoners, actually, who escaped together from the state pen in the Depression area or Depression era of Mississippi. And they go about sharing an adventurous journey in pursuit of freedom and hidden treasure from an armored car robbery. The escapees are Ulysses Everett McGill. He was played by George Clooney. Another fellow was named Pete, 
who always seemed to be in a very bad mood. And then there was the third character, named Delmer O'Donnell, who was a friendly sort of guy. And at one point in the movie, as these three not-so-distinguished gentlemen continue to evade capture, they are camped out in this wooded area when suddenly the woods begin to sing. The woods begin to sing. And they begin to see people, a white-robed group of men and women, singing a heavenly song and processing to the river for a mass baptism. Now, Ulysses is a skeptic, and he immediately starts to ridicule the believers. But even mid-sentence, as he is talking, Delma runs down to the river, and he goes to the head of the line to be baptized. As soon as he comes up out of the water, Delma rejoins his friends, and he proudly proclaims, Well, that's it, boys. I've been redeemed. The preacher's done washed away my sins, and heaven is my everlasting reward. And Ulysses replies in exasperation, Delma, what are you talking about? We've got bigger fish to fry. But Delma goes on. The preacher says, all my sins is washed away, including that piggly wiggly that I knocked over in Yazoo. Everett counters, I thought you said you was innocent of those charges. And Delmer says, well, I was lying. And the preacher says, I'm redeemed from that sin as well. <laughs> Neither God nor man's got nothing on me now. Come on in, boys. The water's fine. A moment later, much to Ulysses' disgust, Pete runs down to the river and is baptized too. Now, I would love to tell you that that is where the story of these three not-so-distinguished characters made a turnaround in their lives. But Oh Brother, Where Art Thou isn't exactly that kind of movie. It's not that kind of story. It is, however, a lot like the Bible in that it shows sometimes humanity at its worst. It also shows the people in the movie the way that their relationships work and their relationship with God and what their place is in the world. Today, the gospel reading is about Jesus' baptism. Jesus didn't need to be baptized for the forgiveness of sins because he didn't have any sins to forgive. He truly was the innocent lamb without sin who was baptized in order to identify with us and our humanity. And God the Father used this occasion of baptism to pronounce his blessing upon Jesus. Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit and he received God's power. 
for all that was to come in his earthly ministry. Here in the Acts reading, we hear about another baptism. Christian baptism. Christian baptism is about much more than the washing away of sins. The baptism of John, a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins, was only a sign of the things to come. The fiery wilderness prophet was only laying the foundation just as the prophets had prophesied. You think about your own baptism for just a minute. I hope you'll see that your baptism was not the end result of a decision that you made, but rather it's the beginning of a lifelong journey with Jesus Christ. But let's back up for just a minute here. By the 19th chapter of Acts, you have to remember that we have gone well beyond the crucifixion and the resurrection of Jesus. By the 19th chapter of Acts, Pentecost has already happened in Jerusalem. At that point, the disciples had already been filled with the Holy Spirit, preparing them to go forward and do the ministry that they had been called to do to spread the gospel. We are beyond the conversion of Paul, who went from being a fierce, fiery, deadly enemy of the Christians to become one of Christ's most dedicated evangelists. In the 19th chapter of Acts, believers come to Jesus. And we see Paul here in the 19th chapter as he arrives in the town of Ephesus where he encounters some so-called disciples. Paul asked them if they had received the Holy Spirit. They looked shocked. They didn't have a clue what Paul was talking about. They had not even heard that there was such a thing as the Holy Spirit. And as they continued talking, they explained to Paul that they had received John's baptism. Paul gently tells them that they may have missed out on what baptism is actually all about. It is for Christians to be baptized into Jesus to become a part of the body of Christ and to receive power for the life that they are going to live after that decision is made. Upon hearing Paul's words, these disciples immediately, immediately came to be baptized. Paul, the scriptures say, laid his hands upon their head and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. It came to them in a powerful way and they began to praise God. You know, there's a lot of people around today that maybe aren't too different 
from those disciples in Ephesus. They think that once they've received forgiveness of sins and they come to be baptized, that that's the end, that that's all they have to do. But there's more. There is more. Baptism is the beginning of a new life as a member of the body of Christ, living by the power of the Holy Spirit. In baptism, God changes us. As Delmer and Pete experienced in O Brother, Where Art Thou? And as the twelve Ephesian disciples found out when Paul questioned them about their faith, baptism is about so much more than simply the washing clean of our sins, though it does represent our cleansing from sin. Baptism is not merely something that happens to us way back when, perhaps when we were infants, or when we came to join the church, or maybe even later in life. Our baptism is relevant to our life today. As disciples of Jesus Christ today, it's important to who we are and what we're called to do. The work of the Holy Spirit is ongoing in each baptized Christian and in the body of Christ as a whole. And I firmly believe that when we are truly open to the power of the Holy Spirit, I think God begins to move mightily because we're no longer blocking off God's will, but we're affirming it and we're encouraging it. The people in the roots of Methodism were not afraid of the power of the Holy Spirit, but they embraced it and they preached the gospel in a way that spoke of the promise and the hope of Christ. The Spirit is alive and well in our church here at Red Ridge right now whether you recognize it or not. The presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives isn't about those occasions where we see people, as we say, acting strange. There certainly is nothing wrong with manifestations of the Holy Spirit and its power. The things like speaking in tongues, and having spiritual gifts. The indwelling of the Holy Spirit, though, is power in itself because the Holy Spirit is being given to us by God. And without that connection of God, there really can be no power but the Spirit's greatest power is not in those things that draw the most attention to. But it's the power to live triumphantly in a defeated world.
And my friends, I feel like that's exactly where we are right now. And we have the ability and we have the choice to live triumphantly in the midst of this place that we call our lives. It's the power of joy in dark surroundings. As Paul says, it's the power in us to be able to testify and to witness for Jesus Christ and to share his love with all the world. It's the power to live and to love as the children of God. If you've not been baptized, I would love to speak with you about it. Call the church, send a note through the Facebook, pray to God about your decisions. And even if you have been baptized, and perhaps the scriptures bring up questions, again, I'd love to talk with you and pray with you about it and encourage you to think seriously. And I hope as you heard our scripture today and you heard the message today, perhaps you can echo Delma's truth when he said, come on in, the water is fine. Through the Holy Spirit, there is always, always more. Amen and amen. Let us pray. Father God, as we hear your words from Paul, as we hear about these early disciples in the faith, Lord, as we hear about the words and the working of the Holy Spirit, Father, ignite our souls. Father, call on the Holy Spirit. We call on you to ignite our hearts and our passion for you and for living in this place where you have called us to be. Father God, we lift all of this up to you. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.